0: In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by West Holm. We all know from home cooks to restaurant chefs to eating enthusiasts that the quality of your ingredients makes all the difference, especially when it comes to meat.
2: Westholm, which is based in Queensland in the Northern Territory, Australia, is working with the land to create nature-led Australian Wagyu. They steward 16 million acres of
1: rangeland, guided by the natural ecosystem where their cattle thrive. The result is high-quality Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of Northern Australia, and a flavor suited to complement any
2: cuisine. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholme.com slash That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash saver.
3: If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code IBM. Let's create.
4: Presented by
1: AT and T. Connecting changes everything.
2: Hello, and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese, and I'm
1: Lauren Vogelbaum, and today we're talking about Reese's brand candy and other products.
2: Yes, as opposed to Reese's brand podcast host.
1: Yes, that's not today. Not- <laughs> it's a related <laughs> brand.
2: It is. <laughs> also, perhaps not as closely as I hoped, but yes.
1: <laughs> both are both are sweet and you know, variably smooth and and a little bit salty. Oh, why
2: thank you. Thank you. I don't think anyone's ever called me smooth in my life and I'm going to treasure this moment forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 here to help. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Yes, this is one of my absolute favorite and must-collect Halloween candies. I have five candies. I have to collect every Halloween or else the world will end, although it seems like maybe I messed up last Halloween. Yeah. But Reese's is one of them. (laughs) Um, And until I was probably an embarrassing age, I believed that I was, in fact, the heir to the Reese's candy fortune. Wow.
1: Um, Do I mean, did that— because somebody told you that? Or because you just assumed?
2: <laughs> I think I
1: just assumed. Okay.
2: Um, but we we didn't have a lot of money, so I don't know where that came from. Maybe I thought I was like 18, I was going to inherit all of this, uh, this money. Sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, recently, since we read a uh, listener mail about the Reese's guy, who is a guy who claims to be the biggest fan of Reese's, and I would say he's... He's got a decent shot that he is. Yeah. Uh, We've become friends on Twitter, so I feel very accomplished about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I do have a lot of Reese's memories. One is, I think I shared on this podcast before, but one of my best friends, she introduced me to um, the Reese's that have Reese's pieces in them. Oh, right, right, right. Uh Uh-huh. I'd never heard about them. And she... Introduced this to me as if she was introducing the finest chocolate and she <laughs> cut it up with a knife uh-huh. and held it up to me and she said, like a damn sunset. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Um, and, and on my dad's birthday, my dad was a college professor and his students used to give him Reese's, Oh' was great. Yeah. Uh-huh. I have, I've made my own. Okay. And I I feel like the key was the confectioner's sugar and the peanut butter. Oh, for the consistency.
1: Um, yeah, sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because that that took me a minute to get. But eventually, eventually I got it. Um, we did talk a little about Reese's because I couldn't resist in our peanut butter episode, uh-huh. I think. Um, we also have done an episode on chocolate if you want to do a sort of back-to-back after this. Oh, yeah, um, sure. And speaking of episodes we've done, recently Lauren and I were on a Movie Crush. Oh, yeah, with Chuck.
1: Yeah, uh, we did a roundtable yes. um, with, uh, with Noel and Chuck about um, The Witch.
2: Yes, we did, which is a movie that has come up quite a bit on the show, actually. (laughs) Perhaps not surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, considering
1: that we are horror weirdos. um, And, you know, and food factors into The Witch. It certainly does.
2: Perhaps (laughs) not in the way (laughs) you would think of right off the bat, but it does. Um, And also, as of late... Reese's has been releasing a lot of, um, shall we say, interesting flavors, uh, like potato chips and pretzels, and their actual slogan right now is, no joke, the hell with it, it's 2020.
1: (laughs) I Mm -hmm. did not believe you when you sent me this information. I was like, Annie has surely been misguided in some way.
2: (laughs) The onion has gotten to her. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I looked it up and y'all, this is accurate. This is a fact. Um, and their website is just, I really feel whoever's writing their copy right now. Um, it's it's emblazoned with with things like like they've got like a whole Halloween spread, and the headline is like, the trick is to just buy all the Reese's cups. I'm like, all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. Want to hear a scary story? The website says someone ate all the Reese's peanut butter pumpkins before you got one. Period. The end. Period.
2: (laughs) Ooh, I love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then on a recipe for, for, um, for like kind of like a, like a Rice Krispie treat style, like Reese's Pieces cereal bar, um, (laughs) caption. Who said you can't have candy for breakfast? Your dentist? Your parents? They're totally right. You should eat a well-balanced meal and then make these delicious Reese's Pieces cereal bars.
2: Wow. and All coming from the company that also makes Reese's Puffs? The cereal. The cereal. <laughs>
1: Uh huh. Yeah, I think that Reese's Puffs are involved in the cereal bars.
2: Anyway. Um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I do want to shout out uh, my friend and listener Barry because he's been keeping me supplied with Reese's. Ah. Uh, steady supply of Reese's and caffeine during this pandemic, and uh, I think I've got probably fifty Reese's. Um, <laughs> I'm rationing <laughs> them slowly. Oh wow! I got all kinds. Fifty. <laughs> yeah. Well. I had the pumpkins, but they're gone. So yeah. I guess it's a scary story. I'm, I'm living it. I'm you living are. it right now, Reese's brand writer. <laughs> well, but the thing is, is that the
1: someone who ate all of them was you.
2: I am the monster at the end of the book. <laughs> ah,
1: that's the scariest story of all. There
2: you go. <laughs> there you go. But I guess we should get to our question. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. Reese's. <laughs> What are they?
1: Well, uh, Reese's is a brand of peanut butter based confections. Um and that includes chocolate peanut butter cups which are uh, you know like flat disks of milk chocolate coated sweetened peanut butter that come in these shallow paper cups. Um also uh, chocolate covered peanut butter that they mold into other shapes um for different holidays. Um they have some Easter bunnies. <laughs> oh no. I mean, oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, hearts and bats and eggs and all 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 kinds of different stuff. Uh, also, Reese's Pieces, um, which are candy shelled drops of of sweetened peanut butter, about the size and shape of M Ms, um, or like a like a slightly flattened peanut, perhaps, or yeah, like a large lentil.
2: A large lentil. Mm-hmm. I, you've given them, you've given the good listeners many uh, <laughs> scale sizes to choose from. Whatever works best for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. You've got options. You know, if you've never witnessed a Reese's Pieces or an M&M, I'm, I'm just trying to, just trying to help paint a picture. Good looking out. Yeah. <laughs> um so those are uh those are the base offerings I would say the 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 kind of bottom of the of the pyramid that is the Reese's brand um but there are so many variations and tie-in products um as of 2019 there were 62 Different ones Ooh. in different shapes and et cetera, uh, which Thrillist ranked if you're interested in seeing what Thrillist had to say about it. Um, but yeah, uh, I like a list. Let's run down a list. Um, the ones that I counted on their website as of right now include what are not limited to um, – Thin's, which have less peanut butter, and big cups, which have more peanut butter, Uh, cups with crunchy-style peanut butter, cups that contain those mini Reese's pieces, Uh, chocolate-coated caramel candy bars that contain mini Reese's pieces, cups that contain chunks of pretzels and with the peanut butter, cups that contain crunchy chocolate cookie pieces and with the peanut butter, white chocolate-coated cups, dark chocolate-coated cups, the fast-break bar, which is a bar with, like, a layer of nougat in there, Um, sticks, which have layers of wafer inside, sort of like a Kit Kat, um, crispy crunchy bars, which look like a Butterfinger, but with like some chopped peanuts in the outer chocolate layer, the Nutrageous bar, um, which features a layer of caramel and peanuts in between the chocolate and the, the stuff, the peanut butter, um. Take five bars that have pretzels and peanuts with caramel, um, <laughs> chocolate and peanut butter dipped pretzels, snack mixes with mini cups and coated popcorn, crunchers, which I guess are like rice puff peanut butter chip clusters that are coated in chocolate. Um, they just came out with snack cakes that they're recommending for like not breakfast, but like a mid-morning snack. Hmm. And and the breakfast cereal they also do. They do sell uh, the peanut butter chips for for, for baking. There's also um, like a like a chocolate peanut butter flavored shell style ice cream topping that you can buy. You can buy like a jar of Reese's peanut butter um, or or a container of branded peanut butter sauce um, for for topping desserts with. For the food service industry, um, they sell all of these things in bulk. Um, and if you're wondering exactly what I mean by bulk. They sell 45-pound buckets of peanut butter. Woo! <laughs> um, and I did not include a link to this, you're welcome, Annie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's probably for the best.
1: <laughs> I I didn't feel like
2: that was good to do. <laughs> I hope I can forget this information as soon as possible. <laughs> I
1: I also do have to say, and I, I I'm pretty sure that this is an accurate fact. It looked strange to me, but I think it's true. You can buy a drum of Reese's branded liquid flavoring that is 480 pounds of product. What? I either, there is a magnificent typo on their food service product sheet, or you can buy a drum of peanut butter flavoring that weighs 480 pounds.
2: Wow. I have so many questions. Who needs that and why? <laughs> and can we be friends with them? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just want to ask some questions. <laughs> That's
1: dangerous. You know? Dangerous. You know, um, well... <laughs> 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 that that All being right. said um nutrition wise uh it yeah. <laughs> it clearly depends on exactly what product you're you're talking about here um and i would i would put all of this in the treat category um there there's gonna be a lot of sugar involved um uh, probably a bunch of fats um and uh i i, I will say that the peanut butter being involved in in confection is is always interesting because it adds a good punch of protein so like it's not gonna Fail to keep you going quite so hard as some other candies, but it's a, it's a it's a it's a treat. It's a treat.
2: If you didn't know, I I literally used to tell myself that to make myself feel better. Like <laughs> you know what? At least there's peanut butter in here, and peanut butter has protein. So you know, it could be worse. It could be. It certainly could be worse. <laughs> Thank you. You're... I say with my fifty. 50- <laughs> 50 Reese's (laughs) that are tempting me all the time.
1: Oh, gosh.
2: (laughs) Well, speaking of temptation, we do have some numbers for you. We do. Uh, Oh, boy. Um, It is one of the most popular chocolate candies in the United States. Uh, YouGov puts Reese's as the third most popular candy in America, and it's eaten all around the world. Uh, Hershey's makes an estimated $500 million in annual sales from Reese's alone. Mm -hmm. The combo of peanut butter and chocolate is pretty American. And in the United States, this combo is synonymous with Reese's. They Mm -hmm. don't really have a competitor. At least, you'd be hard pressed to think of the name of that competitor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Hmm. The only thing I could think of was Trader Joe's has those. Oh, sure. Like, they were really small, though, but those small dark chocolate peanut butter cups. Yeah. That's the only thing I could think of.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of um, of of candy brands that do like maybe like a like a chocolate bar that has like a peanut butter swirl in it, or um, or, or of course candy bars that contain peanuts, or um, uh, yeah, yeah, some some like uh, what's that company Justin's or something that does the like the like organicy um, candy? Oh yeah, stuff. yeah, 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 yeah. They they do a peanut butter cup, but yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Uh, Reese's is hypothetically the most popular snack-size Halloween market candy brand. Like, so if you are giving out Reese's, you're the favorite stop on the street.
2: Oh, yes, you are. Absolutely. (laughs) I had, when I was a kid, I had it all marked out. Like, by the time I got to middle school, I knew the houses you wanted to go to. Wow. Wow. That's it was a great. tragedy when they moved, you know, like, no, my king size Butterfinger house. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a, that, that's a flex,
1: king size Butterfinger house. Okay, oh, anyway. Yeah, they were awesome. Um, <laughs> 75 million American households eat Reese's products at least once a year.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, one intrepid Redditor rusted. He scooped out all the peanut butter. Of all the Reese's varieties he could get his hands on and weighed them to discover which products had more peanut butter, Uh, the egg and the heart are about tied. And this is also available online if you want to get the most peanut butter or the least. Maybe you like that part the the least Um, for your buck. uh, This information is available. Oh, widely. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. Yes. Uh, something else uh, this this brand has going for it is merchandising. Uh-huh. Uh, I know that somebody I own at least one Reese's t shirt, some kind of Reese's iron skillet, and I know that that doesn't sound like it makes sense. Oh. Maybe I'll take a picture of it, but it, it's a thing that I own.
1: All right, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And, and you you went to one, one time when we were in New York. Uh, uh, I I had. <laughs> I had I was having a lousy day, and I like went back to my hotel. Um, but uh, but I just got this like series of pictures from Annie, and like a bunch of them were in the the, the Reese's section of the Hershey store.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, better have my money. <laughs> Again, I have no no connection to the oh. Reese's brand, but I like to get salty about it anyway. Um, they have their Facebook page has 12 million followers. And those followers, by
1: the way, uh campaigned to create I Love Reese's Day, which is now celebrated
2: on May 18th of every year. I'm gonna mark my calendar. Mm-hmm. Um they've been in Rum DMC and the Indigo Girl songs, they've been in Family Guy episodes, they're they're just loved and, and pop yeah. culturally loved. People have a a passion for this candy in a way that not too many other candies experience.
1: Yeah, yeah. Not just you. Other people as well.
2: Yes, I'm not alone (laughs) in this. And the history of how we got here is pretty fascinating.
1: Oh, it is. Um, And we will get into that after we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, uh, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you?
2: Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm-hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip yeah.
1: together. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.
4: This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Today's
1: episode is brought to you by West Holm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same,
2: and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak,
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I am
2: very eager to share it with my friends.
1: Yeah, uh, Westholm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. Westholm offers these beautifully marbled stakes because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive.
2: Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result
1: is wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia and a quality that would complement
2: whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholme.com slash saver. That's westholm dot com slash saver.
3: What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build. And scale trusted AI using Watson X, and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com/slash/consulting. IBM. Let's create.
2: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So. As early as 1907, Americans could buy chocolate-covered peanut butter confections. If you remember from our peanut butter episode, peanut butter was marketed aggressively as a health food. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this candy was at the intersection of healthy and indulgent, which I do think is funny that Mm -hmm. a child like me even was, well, at least there's peanut butter in here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in these early years, uh, this candy didn't ever really become super popular. Meanwhile, years earlier in 1903, Milton Hershey, yes, that one, began building mm-hmm. up the town of Hershey, Pennsylvania. And the first chocolate factory of his went up in 1905. We've got to revisit this in another episode. Oh, yes, yes. I did not realize it went back that far. hmm Interesting. Uh, Reese's peanut butter cups were the invention of Harry Burnett Reese, or H.B. Reese. He was born on a farm in Pennsylvania in 1874, or maybe 1879. I saw some conflicting dates. Mm -hmm. But anyway, around that time, in 1900, he married Blanche Edna Hyson and went on to have 16 children. Ooh, yeah. Half boys, half girls. 13 made it to adulthood. Because of this... H.B. Reese wasn't in the most secure financial position by 1903, and he took on a whole host of jobs in several states, from butchering to factory work to fishing operations. He returned to farming in 1912, moving his family around Pennsylvania a few times. Jumped in 1916 or 1917, and Reese stumbles on an ad to work at a dairy farm in Pennsylvania owned by one Milton S. Hershey. He took the job and spent several years working on the dairy farm. He was promoted, but the site he was promoted to shut down to save money. So (laughs) another, I was like, well, surely this is it. Nope. Nope. It It was a twisty path. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Through this, uh, Reese grew interested in making his own chocolates, though, and making some extra money on the side. So he got to work in his basement using fresh ingredients alongside some Hershey's chocolate to make chocolates that he named after his children. Uh, He sold chocolate covered almonds and raisins, but he had to abandon this venture due to lagging sales. The family moved a few more times, and Reese took on more odd jobs, sometimes several at once, to support his family. They returned to Hershey, Pennsylvania in 1921, and he got a job working in the shipping room of the Hershey's chocolate factory. And seeing the amount of chocolate Hershey sold Hmm. rekindled his interest in making a living off of candy. On top of the chocolate-covered almonds and raisins, he also started producing mints, hard candies, an invention he called the Lizzie Bar, after one of his children, a Mm -hmm. coconut caramel candy covered in chocolate. And his little side gig selling candy to local markets was more successful than he thought. Successful enough that he was able to start his own business in the 1920s the H.B. Reese Candy Company. Story goes, Hershey allowed him to quit with the, quote, handshake promise that Reese would only buy chocolate from Hershey's. And he did. He continued doing that. He did, yeah. Over the years, Reese's sales increased and his operations expanded until he built a factory in 1926. Then, in 1928, hmm. Reese introduced what he called peanut butter cups or penny cups, a candy combining chocolate and peanut butter. According to Candy lore, <laughs> yeah, Reese got the idea after speaking with the sales rep who informed him that he could never keep peanut butter cups in stock and requested that Reese make some of these peanut butter cups. In their original form, these cups were fairly simple. Um, peanut butter rolled up into a ball and then dipped in chocolate. But even though they were simple, the recipe, it took him a minute to arrive at it. Uh, Reese purchased a 50-pound canister of peanut butter after that conversation with the sales rep and started experimenting. And these, these candies were hard to mass produce um, or even just produce a significant number. So he pivoted to cups as opposed to chocolate-covered balls of peanut butter. And he started to make his own Peanut butter, roasting the peanuts until they were practically burnt. The family legend claims that this this roasted taste is the key to mm. a Reese's peanut butter cup. Mm. Uh,
1: and yeah, um, those the, those balls would have had to have been um, individually hand dipped, which which right is is a time consuming process. But with the but with the cups, you just uh, pour in a layer of chocolate, let it set a little bit, pour in the peanut butter, and let that set, and then pour in a third layer of chocolate. Relatively easy.
2: There you go. hmm And people loved them. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, to the point Reese could sell boxes weighing in at five pounds to stores, often included it with an assortment of other candies. But still, a large part of them were these, these Reese's mm-hmm. peanut butter cups. He was able to leave his job at Hershey and focus entirely on his company, constructing a 100,000-square-foot factory on Hershey, Pennsylvania's chocolate Lane, which again, I gotta oh. learn more about this.
1: Oh, yeah, I've never been, uh, despite having lived in Pennsylvania. I, as soon as things open back up again, this is definitely a field trip destination.
2: Yes, yes. And, uh, this factory that he constructed churned out all kinds of candies and confections. And as mm-hmm. a part of his marketing, he would set up tables in the windows of department stores where people could watch girls coating these candies and mm-hmm. then try a sample, mm-hmm. which. Hmm. That's how you get them. That's how you get them. <laughs> um, the Great Depression did make things difficult, uh, surprise, surprise. And when it was too hot to make candy in the summer, Reese farmed and canned vegetables. Eventually, setting up his own cannery business. Hmm. But once the Great Depression came to an end, the company's success grew, and the most popular product by far were the peanut butter cups. By 1935, the cups could be purchased separately, five cents a pop. Candy Lore legend says that was also a sales rep asking for that. Um, Mm. Consumers could buy them in various sizes, too. Also around this time, Reese built a fishing lodge in Maryland that was open to all employees for a dollar a day, a price that also included all meals. Huh. It was nice. Yeah. Uh, Things changed with World War II. Due to scarcities of ingredients, um, Reese made the fateful decision to focus on his most popular product, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, and this was the right call financially.
1: Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, it was um it was really lucky I guess that 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 peanut butter was not as affected by rationing as some of those other ingredients. So so in addition to being the most popular, it was also um, perhaps not as difficult to make as something that has a higher chocolate content, which was a little bit more difficult. So yeah. Right right right. And
2: as other folks tried to imitate the Peter Butter Cups, as other uh, companies, entrepreneurs tried to get in on this in 1954, Reese would send these threatening letters to drugstore uh-huh. owners declaring that he owned the trademark of, quote, peanut butter cups. However, one of Reese's competitors or potential competitors filed a lawsuit putting an end uh-huh. to these threatening letters that Reese would send out. Um, He did die from an abrupt heart attack in 1956, as the company's success and popularity was still on the rise. Six of Reese's sons came together and decided to sell the company after much argument. It sounds like some of them really didn't want to sell. Some of them really did. No one could really agree on how much it was worth. But sell they did to the original inspiration— the Hershey's chocolate company. Seven years after their father's death, um, they sold it for twenty three point five million dollars and a five percent share of the Hershey company for the Reeses children. Wow! Yes, because according to wow. Business Insider today, that is quote worth about twenty billion. Five percent of which is one billion dollars. Huh?
1: What? Okay.
2: Cool. Oh, okay, cool <laughs> indeed. I wish I was a heir to this I, fortune. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oof. yeah. In 1962, pop artist Roy Lichtenstein painted an image of a Peanut Butter Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and by 1969, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups were Hershey's best selling candy at 300 million cups a year. The first national ad campaign for Reese's launched a year later in 1970. Apparently, this ad campaign really went to work convincing consumers that these two flavors tasted good together, even though people were already into it. And it was the Two Great Taste campaign, which um, I believe I've seen, even though I've somehow missed a lot of these pop culture, like, commercials mm-hmm. that people all seem to know. I knew about this. Hmm. Um sales increased so much after this ad campaign that Hershey thought there had been an accounting <laughs> error. They thought there was an error in their books. Oh, that's great. I know. I know.
1: <laughs> uh, and they they were they were really just like like Cute, kitschy commercials. They 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 had um. There there were a bunch of uh, a a collision themed ones where they would have two different people walking down the street. Like one would be like, "Oh man, I love my peanut butter," and the other would be like, "Oh man, I love my chocolate." And then then they would smack right into each other, and yeah. be like, "Oh, you got peanut butter in my chocolate. You got chocolate in my peanut butter." And then they would be like, "Oh man, we're best friends now." Um, so it was, it, it was, it was kind of cute. Um, those ran, um, for, for over a decade. And then, um, in the late eighties, Reese's debuted their, um, how do you eat a Reese's campaign? Again, with, with just these, these kind of cute sort of kitschy things where, um, where they would have different people from, from all walks of life, uh, showing how like the silly ways in which they ate a Reese's peanut butter cup. And it, I don't know, like psychologically it's, Fascinating, just really good, really good advertising.
2: And this is what, uh, if anyone's seen the Family Guy episode, is or hasn't. Uh, this is what they're making fun of, and the mm-hmm. one I remember where like the cop—it's like a cop and some other car collide, and it—it's a much uh, deadlier outcome <laughs> to this collision campaign. <laughs> oh, <no>. But uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. and there's there's a really interesting article on Atlas Obscuria about this. Because they were looking into why was Hershey's acting as if people didn't like peanut butter cups when they clearly did, and they knew about them, Uh-huh. and it was sort of to put their mark, their name on this oh, candy. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 that flavor combination is theirs. So
2: right, yeah, right. So yeah, oh, if you're interested effective. in Gosh. advertising psychology, yeah, you go check that article out. It's really interesting. Reese's Pieces, which is one of my nicknames, (laughs) um, was that they were invented in 1978. uh, After they appeared in the hit 1983 movie E.T., sales went up by 60%. Oh, uh, and this this is a
1: very, a a relatively early example of a very successful uh, product campaign. Showing a product within a major motion picture, um, but but Reese's spent six weeks and a million bucks promoting this film in in return for exclusive confectionery promotion surrounding the film, which is a really hilarious sentence. But 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 that kind of thing does does matter. Like you know like 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 Hershey's brand really locked that in, and that was it was a big deal. They hadn't even read the whole script or seen pretty much any of the film when they signed this deal, by the way. They had yeah. like been sent a T shirt that had a picture of E. T. and Elliot on it, and they thought that E.T. was ugly and that <laughs> that's like like kind of all they knew about the movie. Like
2: they <laughs> Yeah, they're like, that alien's ugly. Let's take a big gamble on this. That- <laughs>
1: Apparently, apparently, they um they 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 screened they had a special screening of the film for Reese's employees um uh, like the week that it came out and and everybody just loved it and there was like huge applause at the end and like the guy who had said that E. T. was ugly was like no he's beautiful and. <laughs> It's it's really it's really sweet. There is by the way um um a uh, a Hershey'sarchives.org, a wonderful mm-hmm. website that has a lot of orally told tales um uh, often often transcribed rather than uh posted up in um in like audio format, but but it it's got it's got some beautiful stories up there if you're a history nerd or a candy nerd or maybe both, mm-hmm. uh, check it out.
2: Yeah. I, now I'm curious when M&M's came, because M&M's is owned by Hershey's as well now, right? Uh, Mars. Mars. They're owned by Mars. Oh, okay. That makes much more sense, because I was like, I know M&M's was offered first, and then they turned it down, and Reese's took it. Okay, that make, that makes more sense. Also, I only just saw E.T., Two or three years ago, four years ago, because I was so afraid of aliens as a child. I watched the first like five minutes and was like, nope, never again. (laughs) And then I rode the ride at Universal and I was like, okay, maybe I need to see this movie. (laughs) (laughs) The ride is notoriously nothing like the movie, by the way. Um yeah, it's but, not.
1: That's accurate. It's uh <laughs> it's real trippy. Um it is hilarious and trippy. Precisely the way that the movie is not. Yeah. But the movie mm-hmm. is kind of scary. Like I remember being pretty frightened of certain scenes in that in that movie yeah. when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um but uh yeah, yeah, very, very <laughs> I'm I'm glad that you finally checked it out.
2: And the Reese's Pieces scene—I was so culturally relevant, even though I hadn't seen it, I knew—I knew that scene.
1: Oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, skipping ahead a little bit, um, in 2008, uh, it, it, that that wouldn't be their their only movie tie-in. In 2008, Reese's uh, made a Batman logo cup for release with the Dark Knight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> which I appreciate. Sure. They're like, oh yeah, gritty reboot, and Reese's peanut butter cups shaped like the bat. Yeah,
2: cool. I can imagine Batman, like sad, dark, yeah, <laughs> oh. uh, sitting in a dark corner, moonlight just casting his shadow, mm-hmm. chewing on a bat logo Reese's cup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know that trying Alfred, to feel anything again. <laughs> yeah,
1: Alfred stocks those for him for sure. Oh, sure, for sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Uh, that same year, in two thousand eight, um, HB Reese's grandson, one of his grandsons, uh, Andrew R. Reese, published a book called Reese's Peanut Butter Cups: The Untold Story. Ooh! I don't think it's as dire as I just made it sound. Um, it's <laughs> it's probably real sweet. Um, oh, pun mm. not intended. Anyway, <laughs> um, as of twenty thirteen, Reese's cups were still a relatively new product in the Japanese market. Outside of the United States, they're they're pretty hard to find or have been traditionally, partially because, uh, as we talk about in our peanut butter episode, peanut butter isn't really a thing very much yeah. outside of the United States. Um, and so they were this relatively new product in 2013 in the Japanese market, and they were a phenomenon. They were outselling mini Kit Kats in, Whoa. like, big box stores, which is wild.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I know there's um there's a handful of celebrity videos of celebrities from different countries in the United States trying Reese's cups for the first mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I find it so interesting <laughs> <laughs> apparently, in twenty eighteen in New York City. Reese's built a big orange machine called the Reese's Halloween Candy Converter Machine, uh, which they debuted in a parade where people could drop off their unwanted Halloween candy in exchange for Reese's. <laughs> uh, in five hours, the machine spat out ten thousand Reese's. Wow! I mean, we all know you've all got that candy you don't want. Sure. I talk as though I still trick or treat. I, you know, I still come into contact with candy during Halloween. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Huh. Oh, wow. That is. That's. That's great. That is snarky, and I love it. Um, I know. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Later that season, they put out a, a Reese's Advent Calendar for the first time.
2: Um, you know what? Oh, that's interesting. I was trying to find like I wanted to learn more about the packaging because I feel like the packaging is really iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I didn't stumble across it. I'm sure it exists. Uh, but I was wondering if perhaps this, maybe the orange color and Halloween—that's one of the ways it became so. Oh, sure. I don't know. I just was thinking about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that 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 makes that makes total sense. It's already it's already on brand for Halloween, so you know why not? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh. Yeah. Um. Uh, speaking of color, I suppose. Um. Th- this year, uh, Reese's debuted their first. Not either white or brown cup. Um they 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 have a they have a Franken cup with a with a green bottom.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Franken cup. That's fun. Always mixing things up. The hell with it, it's 2020. The hell with it? <laughs> it's 2020. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself, Reese's. Uh huh. Uh huh. Hard agree. <laughs> Hard agree. Well, here's hoping that uh, anyone listening out there finds a safe way to celebrate Halloween. And if you yes. want Reese's, then I I hope that you find them in Me your too. in your future. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, completely.
1: Um, mm-hmm. and I uh, I guess that is what we have to say about Reese's today. Um, but uh, we we do have some listener mail for you.
2: We do. But first, we have one more quick break for a word from our sponsor.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny
2: bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely. Well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No Me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuerto Rico.com.
4: This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by West I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when
2: I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, mm-hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends.
1: Yeah, uh, Westholm sent us a, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I like opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. <laughs> Westholm offers these beautifully marbled stakes because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze
2: on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that
1: reflects the terroir of northern Australia and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking
2: right now. Westholme believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholme.com/savor. That's w-e-s-t-h-o-l-m-e.com/savor.
3: Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create.
2: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener. Listener. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Why did that sound get synonymous with being haunted by ghosts?
1: Right? It doesn't seem like a very ghostly sound. <laughs> I, I guess I don't know. I guess I don't have any practical experience with the matter. Uh, hmm.
2: that's, that's research for another day in another podcast. Another house. podcast, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to know. I'd like to get to the bottom of that. (laughs) (laughs) Michael wrote, Just dropping you a line to let you know how much you'd enjoy Oktoberfest in Munich. It can't be understated how much of a good time it is. Me and my wife went in 2012, and we often talk about getting a group together to go back. Definitely do an episode on the festival itself. From the gigantic subterranean beer tanks to keep beer flowing and cold to the other end, I'd argue there is no system in the world that moves liquid at this volume as efficiently as (laughs) Oktoberfest. And it's all table service. There's no three-deep shoving at a bar trying to get a bartender's attention. There's better service packed back-to-back with six million strangers who are now your friends serving (laughs) seven million beers than there is in the average American bar. Though they do only serve one beer in liters, they will mix it half and half with lemonade and Sprite for a Rattler for you. Oh, and the tents are taken down each year and put back up. And the food, the pretzels, the roasted macadamia nuts, and half of Oktoberfest is a carnival. Don't forget the parade to start, which I think replaces the horse racing. Horse-drawn carts of barrels of beer with festival goers on the back of it drinking already. Mm -hmm. You can't get a beer yourself until the initial tap at 10 a.m. You folks would love all this stuff. It's such a grand celebration of beer and life and just celebration. Oh, Oh, I am in. (laughs) I am in. I I can't believe it was table service.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. What? I, yeah, that's wild. That's great. And I Um, I want
2: to know about these tanks. I all of this I am (laughs) so intrigued by. (laughs) Ah,
1: Yes. More delicious research to be done. Um uh oh, and I was just thinking about the ghost noise, and I wonder if 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 it became synonymous, (laughs) if that became synonymous with ghosts due to the use of theremins in um in early like radio dramas maybe yeah but 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 if so like what like who decided that that's clearly the best ghost noise anyway
2: <laughs> i hope this is a running theme throughout where we just <laughs> randomly cut in and I'm like you know what about that ghost noise though i have another theory <laughs> you know what if that's just how they sound what if that's actually right i okay
1: We really do need to put more thought into this. At any rate, uh, James (laughs) wrote, I just had to tell you some of my family's inappropriate food-based animal names. I grew up on a farm, so most animals didn't have names except the horses and a couple of the dogs. Occasionally, a special one would get a name, however. It was normally based on what they would become. The main one I remember was a steer that was named Sir Loin. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. In high school, I showed hogs, and through the four years, my hogs were named breakfast, lunch, dinner, pork chop, BLT, and ham hock. There was also slow joe and dozer. We had a goose that we called CD for Christmas dinner— I used to work for a city in animal welfare, and was talked into fostering a dog and her pups. I had just finished watching the anime Excel Saga, and she looked like the dog in it, so I called her Menchi. According to the main character, who is an alien, in her language the word means emergency rations. I called her that <laughs> as a joke, and it's stuck. Everybody thought it was a beautiful name, and I didn't have the heart to tell them where I got it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love that name. Emergency oh, rations. Emergency
1: <laughs> rations. Oh.
2: That is one of those things though, when someone asks you and you know that the answer is so the opposite of what they're expecting, that'll just be really jarring where you have that moment of of like, do
1: I Do I tell them? <laughs> what do I tell them? How do we broach this?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, All those names are great. That's that's excellent. That is. Thank you. Oh gosh. Yes. Uh, yeah, thanks to both of them for writing. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com.
1: We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way.
0: in puerto rico you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are puerto rico where visits end but stories last forever no passport required for u.s citizens and permanent residents learn more and plan your trip at discover puerto rico.com
1: happy pride from tomboy x we just dropped our pride 24 collection queer founded queer run and creating size and gender inclusive underwear swimwear and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin visit tomboyx.com to shop